Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome to Brainstuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brainstuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Even though around 70% of our planet is covered in salt water, we have a better map of Mars than we do of the oceans that sustain virtually every living thing on Earth. Sure, ocean exploration is expensive and complicated, but so is space exploration, and we do plenty of that. There was a time, though, during the early years of space exploration that aquanauts were pushing the limits of how deep humans could dive under the ocean and how long they could stay down there. Sea Lab, a program launched by the U.S. Navy in 1964, was intended to figure out how to send divers down into the freezing, high-pressure environments of the deep sea for longer periods of time than anyone had ever thought possible. And the program was a big success, until it wasn't anymore. It's always challenging to get a human body free swimming at any great depth, the reason being that our bodies are not made to withstand millions of gallons of water being piled on top of us. Divers have to breathe pressurized air, which contains inert gases, nitrogen mainly, that dissolve into the bloodstream and tissues, which works out great so long as the weight of the entire ocean keeps them compressed. 
If a diver wants to come up to the surface, they must do it slowly in order to avoid the gases making little bubbles in their blood, migrating to their joints and causing decompression sickness, sometimes called the bends, which is unspeakably painful and sometimes fatal. In the early 1960s, a Navy physician named George Bond figured out how to let people explore the ocean in a new way through a technique called saturation diving. In his laboratory experiments, Bond was able to saturate the blood with inert gases like helium in such a way that divers could not only go deep, they could stay down indefinitely, so long as they had the right setup and a shelter. Divers could become acclimated to a habitat 200 feet, that's 60 meters below the surface, and free dive even deeper from there. We spoke with Ben Hellworth, the author of Sea Lab, America's Forgotten Quest to Live and Work on the Ocean Floor. He described it this way. Dr. Bond's breakthroughs were a little bit like the diving equivalent of breaking the sound barrier. It was a quantum leap in technology over what the diving parameters had been for more than a century. Sea Lab 1, the first iteration of the Sea Lab experiment, was housed in a steel tube 57 feet long, that's about 17 meters, that was lowered onto the ocean floor off of the coast of Bermuda in July of 1964 at a depth of 192 feet, that's about 59 meters. Four men successfully stayed submerged in this pod for 11 days, and the experiment went so well that Sea Lab 2 was submerged off the coast of California at a depth of 205 feet, that's 62 meters, in August of the next year. Sea Lab 2 had hot showers, a refrigerator, and a dolphin named Tuffy, trained to deliver supplies and rescue aquanauts if necessary. After a 30-day stay in Sea Lab 2, aquanaut and astronaut Scott Carpenter spoke to President Lyndon Johnson from his helium atmosphere decompression chamber, sounding like a cartoon chipmunk. He might have sounded ridiculous, but history was made. He had survived a month at a pressure of 103 PSI, which is seven times that of Earth's atmosphere. President Johnson told Carpenter, I want you to know that the nation is very proud of you. Only a few years later, though, a fatal accident on Sea Lab 3, which was situated on the seafloor off the coast of California at a depth of 600 feet, that's 183 meters, would shut the program down. Hellworth said, Most people involved were aware that this was a dangerous operation. They always knew it had been. Sea Lab 1 and Sea Lab 2 had gone well with no major injuries. After the tragedy on Sea Lab 3, they all expected to press on, but the Navy didn't see it that way, so the program was canceled. It was still a low-profile enough program that there wasn't a national uproar about giving up the race to the bottom of the ocean that you would expect if they had tried to cancel the space program two years earlier after the Apollo 1 launch pad fire that killed three astronauts. I think everyone expected the program to go on, but for various reasons, it didn't. We still use the technical breakthroughs George Bond pioneered with the Sea Lab program, mostly in the oil industry, setting up oil platforms. Saturation divers can go to a job site hundreds of feet below the surface and stay down there for an entire eight-hour shift. It's a dangerous job, but it can pay around $1,400 a day. Most of us have those saturation divers to thank for the fuel in our gas tanks. But George Bond's vision was not just industrial. It was military and civilian and scientific. He solved the problem of going deeper and staying longer. But after Sea Lab was canceled, it turned out the industry is where the money was. Any military application, equipping military submarines to release saturation divers as spies during the Cold War, for instance, would be highly classified and therefore are hard to document. But there is one place on Earth where a sea lab-type facility still exists for scientific research, the Aquarius Reef Base south of the Florida Keys, and it's been in operation for over 20 years. Scientists can go down there, 60 feet, that's 18 meters below the surface, and live anywhere from a few days to a couple weeks, running experiments on the reef. Hellworth said, Dr. Bond's vision was science-related. He thought we ought to have sea lab-like bases set up in the ocean wherever there might be something of interest to study and observe. 
we should get to know that environment better because there's value to spending time in the ocean, just like there was value in Jane Goodall's being able to sit and observe in the jungle. Once you're down there and can stay a while, you really don't know what you're going to see. That's how we discover things. Today's episode was written by Jessalyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang for iHeartMedia and HowStuffWorks. For more on this and lots of other pressurized topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.